Lebanon sack their entire national team. South African Rugby League in bed with South African Rugby Union and Canada set to tour Serbia at the end of the year. I'm Michael Carboni. All of this and so much more on episode 29 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. Hey guys, thanks for joining me on Chasing Kangaroos, the unofficial international rugby league podcast. And every other podcast you listen to this week, they're probably going to be talking about State of Origin Game 3, what a game it's going to be. But uh, I'm not talking about that tonight. This is your little break from State of Origin. We're going to talk about the world of rugby league, everything else that's happening, the stuff that you probably won't hear in many other places, not on mainstream anyway. Well, one of these stories you might, but let's see how we go. Guys, I had a guest host lined up tonight. He was a very renowned rugby league collector and rugby league world magazine's French correspondent, Mr. Mike Simpson. But unfortunately, Mike had to pull out last minute due to some technical difficulties. Uh, We had planned to talk some French Elite One and learn more about the French game in general. And I do plan to bring Mike back later on down the track so we can have the conversation because I know you guys are as keen as I am to get more French rugby league news. But the show must go on. So I'm flying solo and as per usual, I have three topics from around the world of rugby league to discuss. I'll wrap it up with some golden points as well. And guys, listen out because our good friend Nate Gladden from the Rugby League in America podcast, he's giving away a copy of Pool Hall Jail Library by Loxton Berg, aka Robert Bergen, the godfather of Latin Heat and Latin Rugby League. I'm going to be giving you guys a clue as to how you can win during this episode. Basically, I'll be asking a question. Uh, I'll tell you how to win. How to win. Nate's been kind enough to give this one away exclusively to a Chasing Kangaroos podcast listener. So listen out for it. It will happen during this episode. Uh, but guys, plenty to talk about as always. Let's go. Topic number one, the Lebanese Rugby League Federation. They've pretty much sacked an entire national team. So look, if you haven't heard already, I, I recorded a quick eight-minute quick tap episode uh, called What's Going On in Lebanon a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't listened to that, please go back, listen to it. It's a good prelude to to this topic uh, and you will sort of get the whole backstory behind it. But in an extraordinary statement, the Lebanese Rugby League Federation has charged and suspended 17 of its players, uh, most of whom took part in the recent test match against Fiji Bardi uh, for misconduct. So you'll, you'll recall uh, many of them covered the Cedar emblem, which is illegal in Lebanon. And uh, yeah, they're pretty much sacked and banned these guys from playing international rugby league for Lebanon in future, uh, depending on what happens at this at this independent panel chaired by the RLIF. So the 17 players, uh, Adam Dewey, Tofik El-Hajj, Michael El-Tom, Ahmed Alez, Robbie Farah, of course, Nick Cassis, Anthony Leon, Michael Leisha, Bilal Marbani, Tim Manor, Josh Mansour, Abbas Miski, Mitchell Moses, James Romanos, Chris Saab and George Yazbek. Um, guys, I absolutely hate what has happened right here. This move, in my opinion, has set rug- Lebanese Rugby League back 20 years. Uh, that's just in my opinion, but it's a very sad day for a nation with so much potential in our sport. We had such high hopes for Lebanon after especially the 2017 World Cup. They had great support from their Lebanese heritage players in the NRL. They've got a university comp, which of course is still happening, but of course, as we understand... The senior competition hasn't taken place since 2017. This is due to a schism between clubs. You've basically got, and I'll go through it quickly, but two, maybe three clubs that are behind the Lebanese Rugby League Federation board. You've got another three clubs which are against. Uh, They claim that one of those other three clubs are fake. They do not exist, only on paper, and they were created for the purpose of the board elections. one or two of the other clubs also did not get a chance to vote, or so they claim. 
and they're saying that you know they won't come back. They've stood down from competition until they have a fair election. The Lebanese Rugby League Federation, of course, saying that everything was fair, above board and legal. Uh, look, there's a lot of grey area in between. All I know is there's a lot of stubborn parties involved. It's going to be hard to find an amicable solution and pretty much everyone I speak to surrounding um, surrounding this is saying they don't believe that an amicable solution will be found. So, look, the RLIF are going to step in and many are calling for the RLIF to strip Lebanon RLF uh, of their full membership status. Uh, after all, part of the criteria as full member states, they must conduct regu regular rugby league competitions within the country. And as we've just stated, that senior competition hasn't happened for a couple of years. Uh, look, it's a really tough one because, um, like I said, there's a lot of grey area in between both these parties. I don't think we know all the information. I don't know if it's related to money. I don't know if it's related to something else or just power, maybe, who knows. But I think the RLIF need to get in there, find out exactly what's happening, hear both sides of the story, make a decision. And they need to be strong. They need to be prepared to drop Lebanon as full members of the RLIF. They need to be prepared to pull Lebanon out of the Rugby League World Cup in 2021 and out of the Rugby League Nines World Cup at the end of this year if these parties cannot come back together amicably for the good of the game. That's what I believe anyway. It, it needs to happen. The RLIF need to tell Lebanese Rugby League and the clubs exactly what needs to happen and their decision needs to be final. If Lebanon get pulled out, then I think it's for the best because we need to stand up and say, look, we don't want this sort of infighting in our game. It's happened too often. You've see, we're seeing it happening in places like Greece. Uh, we don't want to see this hurt our game because we've got a beautiful game, an incredible sport, the greatest game in the world, and it's, and we're ruining it with infighting time and time again. Like We're just not learning. So I want the RLIF to be prepared to drop Lebanon if they have to, but hopefully it comes to an amicable conclusion. Now that poses another question, and, and hopefully it doesn't get to this, but someone asked me today, what would happen, who would take Lebanon's place if they were dropped from the World Cup? And and look, they might not simply be dropped, they might not be able to field a team. You know, they haven't got any heritage players now. The NRL players aren't going to want to play for them at all, even the ones that weren't banned. And they haven't got a domestic comp, so how are they going to get a competitive side? I, I don't think they would be able to. So in the event that Lebanon are dropped from the nines, let's start with the nines, I think the NRL could easily, because they're running the nines, of course, at the end of the year, the NRL could easily um, elevate Italy. And from a marketing perspective, a lot of Italian-Australians, similar to all the Lebanese-Australians in Sydney, so Italy, from a marketing perspective, could easily slot into uh, that, that, that spot at the Nines World Cup. The other team is probably Jamaica. I think there's a lot of excitement with Jamaica. I think they'd add some flair and and yeah, a lot of a lot of marketing power and star power from the Jamaicans. So I think Italy or Jamaica would be the team to take Lebanon's place at the Nines World Cup. And when it comes to the World Cup, there's a number of ways this could happen. So um, could USA and Cook Islands both automatically qualify? Could an extra team from from those six teams in Europe? qualify to take their place could we see uh, the middle east africa championship at the end of the year which is how lebanon qualified into 2017 um, could we see the winner of that uh, elevated to the 2021 world cup so like seeing like nigeria or something like that assuming that they take it out or could we see a playoff between the two highest ranking nations that aren't 
in qualification play at the moment. So you'd see like Malta versus Serbia. I'd love to see one of those guys up there. They've definitely been growing strength to strength, especially Serbia. You know, they've got an excellent domestic setup happening. They deserve to be there, uh, especially when there's infighting happening in places like Lebanon. Now, look, hopefully it doesn't get to all that because, look, at the end of the day, Lebanon, if they were going, if they kept heading in the right direction from 2017 onwards, could have been strong and they deserve their spot. So this needs to be given a chance to clear up. The RLIF, though, needs to be strong enough that if it can't be cleared, they need to step in, make a big play, make a big move, make a big call and get someone else in there who actually deserves to be in the World Cup. Now, I don't want to end this topic on a completely negative note because, yeah, it is a terrible story, but if there is one positive we can draw from it, it's the amount of press and column inches that this story has gotten in Australia. It's been in the newspapers, it's been on on radio, it's been on the news. Uh, This has been happening since before the Fiji game. Robbie Farrow came out on NRL 360, and since then, it's definitely getting a lot of space in mainstream media, which is very uncommon for a T2 rugby league nation to get that sort of press exposure. I even had a conversation with some people about it at work today who aren't typical international rugby league fans. Um, So I guess the only positive is people are talking about international rugby league. It's not in the best light, but I suppose, you know, this is is what sort of gets headlines. Unfortunately, it's never the feel-good stories. Um, So international rugby league in the spotlight. It does go to show that there is an appetite for it there, that a strong Lebanon uh, could do wonders for the game. So I guess, look, one positive, if there's any that can be taken from this situation. Episode 29 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast is brought to you by Matt Haynes Sport. And Matt, I'm a big fan of his graphic design work. Uh, Follow him on social media, on Instagram, and I'll give you some links in a moment, but follow him. He is an incredible... Uh, logo and jersey designer Uh, i'm a big fan but but find out for yourself man trust don't just trust me have a look at it yourself and he's just come out with some awesome uh, italia rugby league logos the the italia rugby league championship logo some incredible jerseys i've posted them on my social media pages Uh, he's posted them on his they're on the italia pages pages as well please go check that out Um, Matt specialises in logo and kit designs, as I mentioned, for developing nations and rugby league clubs at affordable prices. And guys, trust me, get in as soon as you can, because this guy, he's going to be designing NRL and Super League jerseys in the very near future. I can tell you that much, because his stuff is absolutely fantastic. So get in now while the prices are affordable. Uh, It's www.matthainsport.com, or check out his work at matthainsport on Instagram. I'll add these to the show notes, but please support Matt Haynes' sport. He's doing incredible, incredible work, and he can be doing incredible work for your nation or club as well. Check him out. Topic number two, and this is an interesting one. So South Africa have confirmed their Middle East Africa presence, uh, according to an article on the Rugby League European Federation website earlier this week. South Africa have confirmed they'll take part in the MEA Championship in the year 2020. So we we guess that would be happening. And and this was announced coming off the back of uh, South Africa's 66-6 loss to the Cook Islands in that World Cup qualification match last week in Wentworthville in Sydney. So South African Rugby League Sporting Association President Dr Franz 
uh, Erasmus went on to say in the article that the SARLSA are on the eve of new beginnings after signing a memorandum of understanding with the South African Rugby Union. So this is this is a big one for me because you know rugby union and I've mentioned this on the show probably briefly a couple of weeks ago but we know the history between rugby union and rugby league especially in South Africa so it's been very tricky for the guys on the ground domestically in South Africa to get the game happening to get rugby league happening in that country uh because rugby union has pretty much kept it down and and taken everything you know taken every opportunity away from them um we all think that, and many internationalists would agree, that South Africa uh, poses an incredible opportunity for rugby league simply because of the rugby union talent that is already there. Like it's, it's, It can easily translate to rugby league and we could very quickly have a, a top tier two, maybe bottom tier one rugby league nation from South Africa uh, just by transferring some of these rugby union, young rugby union players just by teaching them some rugby league skills. So that could happen very quickly. But of course, it's always seemed, I guess rugby union has always seen rugby league as a threat over there. And, and of course they would. But we've, we're starting to see, I suppose, we're starting to see um, a, little bit of, a little bit of cooperation between the two. And, and funnily enough, I was, was talking to someone a few days ago, but we could be finally witnessing a chance for rugby league to grow in South Africa because of rugby union now they're they're claiming south african rugby league are claiming that or they're looking to establish a wheelchair rugby league team they're busy developing rugby league at school level with a junior cop competition earmarked for next year which is absolutely fantastic and their senior championship will will again take place this year from august 31 and go through until i think about april next year so that's really exciting news um and and it seems that all of a sudden they're not fighting as hard um, to get all of this sort of happening. The question for me is, you know, do I trust this memorandum of understanding of rugby union? Are rugby union simply simply going to pretty much rape and pillage everything that that the rugby league sort of creates? Um, do I trust them? No. But were we getting anywhere anyway? Not really. So maybe this is the only way forward. Uh, and I guess you see from the rugby union, uh, South African rugby union's perspective, rugby union, especially in Europe, and you look at the English rugby union side and all of their sort of attacking plays, it's sort of mirroring these rugby league expansive block plays, this rugby league style of play. And that's what's happening to rugby union over in Europe. And, and there, I guess, seeing uh, over in, in England in particular, rugby union are seeing um, some, some great results thanks to rugby league, former rugby league coaches moving over to rugby union and helping them out, especially in attack. So South Africa, of course, falling behind on the rugby union front, and they maybe see this as an opportunity to develop some of their talent with some rugby league skills and getting back on top of, of the game in rugby union. Now, look, it's not a rugby union podcast, so I don't really care what their prerogative is, but from our perspective, from a rugby league perspective, this could be a really good opportunity. You know, all of a sudden there's going to be some funding. All of a sudden we're getting into some schools in South Africa. And if some of these kids can come through and maybe, you know, start being scouted by NRL teams or some Super League teams, you know, I spoke about this last week, but if we see, you know, a new new Perth Pirates or Perth Sharks team come into the NRL and they're, and they're starting to 
look for plays in South Africa, um, set up a South African academy, as Phil Brown mentioned on the show last week, like, like the Perth Reds wanted to do all those years ago, then all of a sudden we could see some really impressive rugby league talent coming out of South Africa. And especially if we get a generation or so of development coming through from these junior competitions, it could be crazy. And we, got, we need to start, look, I always say, uh, we don't need, like, let's not worry about rugby union as our competition, like whatever, we need to use what, what we can. And if there's a rugby union presence, and that's, that's a good thing because we can grow even faster as a rugby league nation if there's already a rugby union presence, so that's fine. We need to start looking at, you know, what can we do that rugby union can't do? How can, we, how can we eventually become better? Because I don't think there's a problem with being the number two rugby, rugby sport in South Africa. I don't see an issue with that at all. You know, it's, it's how it is in, in the UK. It's how it is in New Zealand, actually, as well. So I don't see an issue with that, even though we're growing in New Zealand in particular. But I think what we, what we can develop in South Africa is this competition within Africa, so all of a sudden we're starting to see Nigeria. Nigeria, I believe, are going to be very strong. They're going to grow very quickly because of some of some of the development pathways that they have with Super League clubs and some of the relationships they're starting to build with Africa United here in Sydney. So Nigeria are going to become very strong and you're going to see other nations follow. You're going to see Cameroon follow. You're going to see uh, South Sudan follow. You're going to see a whole bunch of nations in that region follow. And all of a sudden, South Africa are going to have a very competitive scene right on their doorstep in, in, in the continent of Africa. Now, that's something that potentially, in a decade's time, rugby league can offer that rugby union cannot. And that could be our opportunity to really finally, once and for all, grow the game in South Africa and turn South Africa into a T1 rugby league nation. This episode of Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you by mascordbrowns.com and mascordbrowns.com.au. How good was it having Phil Brown on the show last week? I'm still getting fantastic feedback. Uh, Phil, incredible. People are already asking for you to come back, so we're going to have to do it again eventually. People are also asking me when I'm going to get Steve Mascord on the show, uh, the other half of Mascord Browns, and of course uh, Steve, very well known in international rugby league circles, probably one of the most vocal international rugby league journalists uh, in history, and fans as well. Um, I haven't, I haven't actually spoke to Steve about it. I do speak to Steve a fair bit uh, because of this discount code, which I'm about to mention, but I uh, haven't asked him to be on the show, and I, I guess I'm kind of saving him up for for a special episode. I don't know. Uh, we'll see how we go. But guys, mascordbrowns.com, mascordbrowns.com.au. Use the discount code KANGAROOCOURT for 10% off all of the International Rugby League gear. If you're an international fan or you listen to this show, you know what what it's all about. There's so much good stuff on there, so go check it out. Uh, and, and if you have purchased using our discount code, Kangaroos Court, then please let me know. DM me, send me a photo, send me a message, let me know. I want to know what you, who's, uh, who's using our code. Uh, I want to know it's working for you. And I want to know what, what our fans are buying and what you guys are interested in. So please let me know. And if you haven't already, uh, mascotbrowns.com, mascotbrowns.com.au, 10% off using Kangaroo Court. What a discount code. And thanks again to Steve and Phil for organising that for our listeners exclusively. 
So the final topic for the evening before we get into some golden points and the Canada Rugby League Association has confirmed that both the Wolverines and the Ravens will tour Serbia in September this year. Now that is crazy big news. Uh, This will include two games each for the men's and the women's teams in Serbia and the men's team will also play a one-off test against Bosnia beforehand. So that's really exciting. Uh, There was a a rumour or or a chance that one of those two men's games against Serbia uh, would be against Montenegro instead of Serbia, but we'll watch this space and see what happens. Uh, That'll be confirmed later on down the track. So look, what can we expect and, and who will win? Well, my early predictions, I'm going to make some predictions, and this is without seeing team teams uh, lined lineups or anything like that. But I think in the women's Canada will get the win. I think the, the Ravens have shown that they can be very strong and, and Serbia are still very new to women's rugby league. So I think Canada will be too strong in the women. I think the men's is going to be a really good contest. Uh, I reckon they'll get a game each. I think uh, Serbia will win on for and against. Let's let's just call it that way. <laughs> I'm, I'm of course purely guessing. I really love speculating, um, and, and tipping. So we'll see how we go there. Let's let's replay this maybe in September and see how I went. What does this tour mean for the nations involved? So for Canada, it's it's a great opportunity to get these teams together, training together for long periods of time. Um, the Canadian rugby league, so British Columbia and, and etc. They're sort of very spread out. So a lot of these guys in the national team in particular, they don't get to play a lot of rugby league together. So this is a chance, especially for the men's team, to really get together, train uh, and gel together. And it's going to put them in good stead for future America's tournaments as well. So it's really exciting stuff. It's also an opportunity for both brands to sort of get out there. So Canada, Serbia, you don't, you don't usually see Canada heading over to Europe you don't see a European side playing an American side too often either. And, and hats off to Serbia. They're actually going to be playing the USA in Belgrade as well uh, in that June, um, in the June uh, international weekend as well. So that's been confirmed too. So hats off to those guys. I mean, I think it's really important that we sort of start to, I'm going to say cross-contaminate between, between <laughs> that's a terrible word to use, but I'm going to use it anyway. I can't think of anything better. But we need to cross-contaminate between the regions. We want to see some of these European sides facing American sides, facing Pacific sides, facing African sides. I want to start to see more of that. And as we know, with um, the RLIF, they came out recently with their 10-year strategy, their 10-year plan, which of course includes World Cups every four years. It includes um, includes regional championships uh, every two years. Or in those in-between years, the, the nations need to come up with individual matches themselves. Um, so seeing Canada take on Serbia is really exciting. And we're also seeing, you know, things like Greece and Turkey and uh, the Netherlands and Czech Republic. And we're starting to see the nations really taking, taking control and starting to organise more matches. Of course, sometimes you have issues like, you know, Poland and Philippines, which we spoke about on the show previously. And there wasn't the money there to sort of make that happen. Um, so you need to sort of stick to your regions, I suppose, and that's why we do see we do see you know your Netherlands and your Czech Republics, for example. But I really want to start to see some some out there thinking. I want to start to see, you know, especially next year. And I've said this before plenty of times, but I want to see Jamaica get over to Wales for a match next year before their World Cup, or maybe get over to Papua New Guinea. You know, I want to see I want to see Italy, you know, taking on the USA. I want to see Malta taking on Serbia. I just, I just want to see more of these matches. Um, 
I want to see it outside of of World Cup qualification. You know, I want to see these these. I want to see some some competition. I want to see some rivalries. You know, and um, we're starting to grow that. And I think it's it's one of the reasons why I think it's one of the most exciting periods for international rugby league. And there's just so much going on that you know you don't hear about in the mainstream. And I guess you know very much excited for this one and can't wait to see Canada take on Serbia in September this year. Well, as I mentioned at the very top of the show, our friend Nate Gladden from the Rugby League in America podcast is giving away two copies of Pool Hall Jail Library, uh, the book by Loxton Berg, a.k.a. Robert Bergen, the godfather of the Latin Heat, the founder, uh, the man behind pretty much everything that's happening in Latino Rugby League right now. Uh, one of these books is up for grabs exclusively for Chasing Kangaroos podcast listeners. It's very kind of Nate to to think of us and do that for us. So, so thanks, Nate. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys know how it's gonna work, how it goes down. So what it's very simple. I'm gonna ask you a question right now, and the very first person to post the answer to that question on Nate's Rugby League in America podcast Facebook or Instagram page. So you got to tag Nate with the answer to this question. You're going to score yourself a copy. The very first person who does that after listening to this episode, they're going to score themselves a copy of this fantastic book. So here it is. Are you ready for the question? Who were the two finalists of the 2018 USARL Grand Final? It's that simple. It's a pretty easy question, I reckon. So if you can answer that, hit pause, jump on Facebook or Instagram, tag Nate Gladden right now. But... If you can quote the score as well, Nate's going to throw in a mini Axeman football as well. So, uh, whoops, that may have uh, that may have given you a bit of a clue as to who one of those teams were. So jump on, hit pause, jump on Facebook or Instagram, get the answer, tag Nate Gladden, you could be winning yourself a book. And if you share the scoreline as well, then uh, mini Axeman ball thrown in as well for good measure. Good luck. <laughs> Well, it's time for everyone's favourite part of the show, the Golden Points, and uh, we've got plenty to talk about today, so let's get straight into it. So Golden Point, and we're starting off in Russia and Serbia. So uh, if you're following us on the socials, you'll know all about this one, but Russia may be playing Serbia in Belgrade later this year, and we can help. So the Red Star raffle has begun, and for $2 a ticket, you can go into the draw to win a range of awesome Red Star Belgrade Rugby League merchandise. So all the funds raised, guys, go to help bring Russia to Belgrade to take on Serbia and celebrate the 75th anniversary of the liberation of Belgrade. Uh, so you can email or direct message to the guys at Red Star Belgrade. I'll post the links in the show notes. Uh, and let them know that you'd like to enter the raffle. Payment can be made via PayPal, and ticket numbers will be emailed to you. I've done it. I've got my my $10 worth of raffle tickets, and uh, fingers crossed. Uh, but I'm just really proud to, to be doing my little part and uh, get Russia back onto the scene and get them ready for their World Cup qualifications as well with a match against Serbia. Um, so, yeah, I've got my tickets, as I said, and so does our regular listener, Adam Wallow, who messaged me during the week asking me to give the team at Red Star a huge shout-out and a thank you. So Adam purchased $10 worth of tickets as well. And when the club found out he was a single dad of four girls, they sent him four Red Star caps. So dare I say, the great club has some fans for life right there. I'm not suggesting they're going to send out caps to everyone, but uh, just a really really good, feel-good story. Um, 
for Adam and his girls. And guys, jump on, find those links in the show notes and uh, support Russia and support Red Star Belgrade. They're all doing exceptional things. Guys, Golden Point and sticking in the region. So the Balkan Super League. So in the first divisions, uh, there are two games left. I'm really excited about both of these. So both will, will have a bearing on semi-finals. So in Group A, we've got Aris Eagles left to play the Lignano Sharks. So the Greek side versus the Italian side. A victory to Aris means they will become the first Greek side in the finals. They'll join Red Star in the finals. But if Lignano win by eight points or more, they will miraculously leapfrog into second place, which would be huge for, for the newest Italian side. In Group B, we've got the Katakoi Bulls from Turkey up against Partizan Belgrade from Serbia as well. Now, if Katakoi win, they should jump Redniki Nis and make the finals on for and against. If Partizan should be safe on top, with their for and against being way too strong. So massive game for the Katakoi Bulls, uh, the Turkish side there. So we could be in a position where we're seeing either a Greek or an Italian side, a, a Turkish side, and two Serbian sides in the finals of the Balkan Super League. That's what I love about this competition. Meanwhile, in second division, so there was a match last weekend between uh, Red Star's reserve grade team, the Red Kangaroo. They defeated the last year's Turkish runners-up, Ankara, uh, 54-24. to So excellent work. Great, great game. Guys, golden point over in the Dutch Rugby League, and I've, I've been talking about these guys every week, and it's been coming down to the pointy end. So the Amsterdam Cobras have defeated the Den Haag Knights 44-20 to in the final round of domestic competition. So Den Haag held on to the minor premiership, though, and the two sides will face off in the grand final in two weeks' time. Uh, so really exciting stuff. Uh, they played in, like, 35-degree heat in that game as well, and I believe Den Haag were short... Uh, short some players, so they were down to down to twelve at one point because you know few few injuries. So that that score maybe flattered Amsterdam a little bit, but they're going to chance get a chance to prove it again in the grand final uh, in two weeks' time. These are the same sides that played in the grand final last year. The Cobras won in Golden Point extra time. So what a rivalry, what a challenge! And I just want to say good luck to listeners of the show. So Billy Forrester, who's been lacing up the boots for Den Haag. And Michael Wood, who who is the halfback for the Cobras. So they're going to be taking part in this grand final. Uh, may the best team win. Good luck, guys. Guys, golden point. So over in the Italian Championship. So round one of the exciting new competition continues. The Parma Cowboys, impressing, impressive, sorry, in their first ever match, defeating Ducato 42-6. So loving hearing all about these matches in Italy. And I'm going to keep giving you as much information as I can find as these new clubs pop up and start playing each other. Really exciting times. Rugby league in Italy getting bigger and better all the time. Guys, Golden Point over to Africa. So the RLIF announced last week that the Democratic Republic of Congo has been officially rec recognised uh, by their government as a sport. So really exciting. So an official big welcome to, to the rugby league family, to the Democratic Republic of Congo. And uh, yeah, rugby league in Africa, just new, new nations popping up all the time. Speaking of, so Golden Point in Cam Cameroon, so the Lorraine Beville tournament took place in Cameroon over the weekend. So this was the first ever women's rugby league tournament in Cameroon and possibly in all of Africa. Uh, the Raiders Rugby League Academy were the winners, so congratulations to the ladies and their head coach Paul Yumbi. Uh, and thank you to Cameroon Rugby League for reaching out and sharing this information with us so that we could share it with you, our listeners. Uh, and if you're out there 
if any of your listeners involved in a developing nation, developing club, anywhere around the world, uh, happy to hear from you. And uh, if, it's, if it's good news like that, then I'll be very proud to share it with the listeners as well. Guys, Golden Point over in the USA. Uh, so I'm not really talking USARL this week, but I will talk about uh, California Rugby League. So thanks to Tom Stevenson from California Rugby League who reached out to let me know that plans for the first friendly club event is being organised over in the Golden State this November. So it's going to be the LA Mongrels versus the San Fran Savages. And I understand Andy Lucas and the crew from the Carolina Rugby League will be involved in helping putting this event together as well. Uh, now, guys, they're looking for sponsors. So if there's anyone out there who thinks they can help or wants to help, uh, drop me a DM. I'll put you in touch with the right people. Uh, but really exciting stuff for Rugby League over in California. Uh, maybe uh, some, some bright things to come. Guys, Golden Point in Malta. So the first ever Maltese Origin match took place at Master Sports Complex on the island last weekend. So the Black Knights defeated the Red Knights 48-30. to 30. So the way that works, Black Knights, that's the expats. So it's made up of, of I guess, French and Italians and other Europeans living, English, Englishmen living on the island um, and playing in the local competition up against the locals. So the Red Knights being the local Maltese-born players. So the expats 48 to the locals 30 and... Uh, We'll be hearing about Game 2 very, very soon. Speaking of Malta, Golden Point. So a test match between Malta and Turkey has been confirmed uh, to take place. It's going to be happening in Sydney on the same weekend that Australia faced New Zealand uh, this November. So it'll be at New Era Stadium in Cabramatta, Saturday, 26th October. And uh, we're expecting, potentially, Canberra Raiders halfback Aidan Caesar. He's a big chance of turning out for Turkey in this one. So watch this space. Could be really exciting for both of these nations who uh, took part in the Emerging Nations last year in Sydney. So big steps for them. Guys, Golden Point and over in France, and a massive weekend. Um, the 2018-2019 French Elite 1 has come to a conclusion. Uh, Catalan Dragons reserve team uh, Saint and Stevie defeating Carcassonne in the grand final 32-24. to This is pretty much a re result reversal from the Lord Derby, uh, which is like the French Challenge Cup uh, final where Carcassonne won only a few weeks ago. So uh, obviously the top two clubs in the Elite 1 facing off here and, and this time... Uh, Catalan Dragons reserve team got home with the chocolates. Guys, Golden Point over to Jamaica. Congratulations to the Washington Boulevard Bulls who picked up a historic first ever win uh, defeating the defending premiers, the Dehaney Park Red Sharks, 24-10 in uh, round three of the Jamaican National Club Championship. Uh, and in another round three action, the Liguana Dragons 22 defeated the Jamaica Defence Force Warriors 20, and the GC Foster Angels smashed the Spanish Town Vikings 66 to 6. So I'm um, really excited about what's happening in Jamaica. So I'm trying to find out more results as I can. Uh, trying to find, I guess, a, a table as well, just to see who's leading that competition. So uh, as that as that information comes to hand, I'll be sharing that with you guys. But but keep a lookout on our socials. And the final golden point for the evening. So a massive shout-out to Lee Addison over in Argentina. He's uh, running development clinics over there with the Argentinian Rugby League and uh, really helping spread the word, grow the game, and help the game grow in that region. So I spoke to Lee this morning, actually, and he told me that everywhere he goes... He's introducing people to the game here in Argentina and they all absolutely fall in love with the game immediately, which is just a testament to the greatest game of all. It's absolutely fantastic. He did stress that like, 
the guys in Argentina, in Argentina and South America in particular, they just need some funds. So hopefully RLIF, if you're listening, uh, we've got to find a way to help these guys because the sport is waiting to explode. They potentially love it. Uh, Argentina, as we know, big rugby union uh, history as well. So again, like South Africa, they're ready to go. We can translate to rugby league. Let's do this, guys. Let's hashtag grow the game. And guys, that's our golden points for tonight. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I have. Let's wrap this show up. Well, I've got a little bit of news to share with you. Before I do, I will say thank you to Ricky Cancino and Ash Barco uh, for writing and recording our theme music. And the news is that Ricky uh, will actually be getting married in two weeks uh, to my sister-in-law, Serena, and I will be emceeing that wedding. I've been asked to emcee the wedding. It's going to be pretty fun. I'm a little bit nervous about it, uh, which is why uh, this is the news I need to take two weeks off. So I'm going to take two weeks off from it recording the podcast because really I can't fuck up this MC gig. I have to put all of my attention, uh, all of my spare time towards getting this right and doing a good job for these guys. So guys, I won't be on for two weeks. Gives you a chance to to catch up with episodes that you haven't listened to before. Maybe listen to one of your favorites again. Um, But I will be be still running the social media pages. So if you're not following on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter, please do. I'll be keeping those up to date over the next couple of weeks just so you don't miss us completely uh, but plenty coming coming on when we're back as well so it's going to be bigger and better than ever i've got josh josh knight from canadian rugby league he's been waiting patiently for me to be ready to interview him so that'll be happening pretty much straight away i've been speaking to the guys from rugby league in brazil they're keen to come on i've been speaking to uh, guys and this is a bit close at home but guys from rugby league in western australia and tasmania so they're keen to come on as well and we're trying to tee those up I've got so so much going on. I've got a whole list of people that I need to speak to, but also very importantly, uh, Jake Watson, uh, the former Washington DC Slayers halfback, the former Parramatta Eels junior, uh, the 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 first ever Greek Oztag immortal. He'll be back. One of my co-founders of the show. He'll be back as my co-host now that he's finishing studying. So he's confirmed he'll be back on board on a regular basis. So it's going to be good to be recording the show with Jake again. But I'm going to keep these um, this co-host going every now and then as well because the feedback I've been getting has been sensational. And uh, yeah, if you, if you are enjoying the show, please feel free, reach out, DM, let me know. I've been enjoying my conversations with you guys. And if you're that way inclined, please share the podcast with your friends. Let's hashtag grow the game together. Uh, write a review if you can. Uh, hopefully five stars. Hopefully it's a good review, but write that review and uh, let's let's help grow the game together. Uh, really important stuff, guys. And uh, look, thanks for listening. Uh, Ricky and Ash, take it away, boys.